I want to take a little time this morning to look at accessing God's, God's moment. Um, let's, let's read a little bit. I want you to get a picture here of a, of a situation. This is in Matthew chapter 9. It's a day in the life of Jesus. Um, sometimes we think we have a busy day. Uh, just access this one a minute, all right? Uh, this, is a, this is an all-happening type. By the way, if you're looking around thinking, where's everybody gone? Uh, don't worry, the rapture hasn't taken place and you'll be left behind. That's good news because there is no such thing as a rapture and being left behind is a completely inaccurate doctrine anyway uh, but it's because for many years we've had this tradition of, uh, uh, of a church holiday at this time of the year which includes camping and some people have just got trapped into that mindset <laughs> No, they can't get out of it they need they need to be delivered to get out of it so they they just ha- you know whether we're doing it or not they just have to do it because it's what they've always done anyway God will bless them <laughs> but we, the righteous ones, are here. Eh? <laughs> All right, this is, uh, this is a day in the life of Jesus, Matthew chapter 9, and I'm starting verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Uh, oh, no, wait a minute, I wanna, perhaps I want to go a bit earlier than that. All right, let's start from verse 1. All right, this is all in, all in the day. Um, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up and take your mat and go home. And the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to men. Same day, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of a bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. While he was saying this, a ruler came. Man, give him a break, you know. 
While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter's just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did the disciples. <clears throat> just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her, take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. There are <clears throat> these particular moments, these particular times, when we encounter God. He touches us, we touch him, I don't care which way round we want to put it. There are these moments when under that prompting of God, under that direction of God, under that, that impetus, it might be a moment to speak. That's not the moment to keep quiet. It might be a moment to reach out with some act of kindness to serve someone or to uh, inquire of someone, not somebody that you would normally even speak to. can be any of those things. Here's the point, guys. This is actually how God has designed that we live. We live receiving that touch from him, that encounter with him, that refreshing that comes from him. And we live in his plan as a people who can at any moment divert from the natural predictable into the supernatural step, the moving in the purpose of God. It's an exciting way. It's not the ordinary way. It takes us out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. But it is the way that God has designed for us to live. And we're looking at this at this time because we're kind of wanting to get our sights set on what is a good and reasonable expectation for us in these days in this broad place. Of course, the interesting thing is there's no pattern. There's no formula. You can't say in this circumstance, do this. Because it's about God's prompting, God's leading the Holy Spirit. If it could be worked out, it wouldn't be supernatural. It would be natural. Now, this is about uh, God doing what only God can do and us being uh, transformed to be kind of a receiver of the plan and purpose of God. We're kind of equipped, tuned in, to hear from God, know God, feel his presence, respond to him, and experience what it is when he just reaches out and touches us. I was thinking of some of those times. Uh, we've told the story before. Um, we had a child uh, who, uh, we, 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 we won't mention names, uh, but he wouldn't sleep. Uh, he survived. 
only just. But the wearing effect, she tried to join in, I mentioned not sleeping, and <laughs> the wearing effect of that um, on, on us both, but on Dawn particularly. And there was this occasion when uh, she'd said to me, I, I, this is just too much, I you know, can't go on as it were. And uh, that was a constant realm of tiredness and being up with this beloved, wretched kid <laughs> hours each night. And f- the strange thing was, on top of all this, the next night after she said this, we were due to go to a London-wide leaders' meeting. It was the time when Wimber and his team were coming over. And, I, I mean, she loves meetings. <laughs> but this would not have been her favourite choice. Being able to go to bed and sleep might have been. Anyway, we went to this. And it was a remarkable time. Presence of God moving, power of God moving through meetings and amazing things happening. And at a given point, she said to me, the Spirit of God is, is really touching people who are standing up. Stand up. Now, I'm a man under authority. My wife says, stand up. I stand up. She says, jump. I ask how high on the way up. You know, that, that's, that's my life. So I'm standing up. And then one of the team starts walking around and ignores everybody who's standing up, including me, and kind of walks down and then comes to her, who's sitting there. I think she was awake. (laughs) And begins to minister to her. And the, the power of God just came upon her. And then he says, he begins to call... I mean, there's two or three hundred people there. Begins to go, uh, women from all over this meeting place. Said, "Come here," and uh, you couldn't all lay hands on her, but just when you get near, just stretch out your hand. And as they did, the power of God was coming upon women. Some were falling. All sorts of things were happening, and I'm standing there like a lemon. (laughs) So, in this sea of women. God's meeting with them. Here's the point. That, to me, that's, that's weird. That's bizarre. But it's God. And God can do whatever he wants to do. Because he's God. And here's, here's the thing. Not only was this... Um, one of these leaders seeing what God was doing and therefore directing people God was choosing for whatever reason to say to the person who said they couldn't possibly go on look what I can do look how I can use you look how I can not only fill you with my spirit but cause you to be a conduit and of course the effect of that was a transformation for her 
See, we cannot try and um, encapsulate how God can touch us or where or how. Something also that we used to do, apart from church holidays, we sometimes used to all go to the seaside together. Now, those days have passed. If you wish to organize that, that's fine. But we did. Now, on this particular occasion, we went to somewhere called Broadstairs. I don't know if I've ever been there since or I've ever been there before. But what I did experience that day was a spirit of oppression coming upon me. It was horrific. I'm sitting in the coach on the way there. And I'm, I'm struggling to be, I don't know whether you call it polite or whatever. I mean, I don't know I'd ever felt so awful. When we get there, I say to one of the guys, just pray with me. This is what, this is what happened. At that moment in time, that thing just went. It wasn't a counseling session. It was God touching me. It was me connecting with God because somebody prayed and the power of God transformed the thing. I can only ever remember that happening on one other occasion. I mean, guys, on the beach, I mean, not even somewhere, you know, like Cornwall that was kind of more holy, but Broadstairs <laughs> amongst the fish and chips and candy floss. Amazing where God gets these days. The only other time I can remember that, something like that happening, was I was working into a church up in Shrewsbury and I was having a leaders meeting just with the, the key leaders. And one of the leaders said, God has just spoken to me and I need to pray for you. Not in any way knowing that this this kind of oppression had come upon me. And again, in a moment of time, the touch of God. I'm mentioning these things because I want us to understand not only there's no formula, but there is nothing to compare with it. We're talking about engaging with the, with the life-changing, delivering power of God the Holy Spirit. And God will either cause us to be a recipient he touches us, or he may cause us to reach out and receive from him. Oh, this is our inheritance. This is what God has got for us. This, this is what he's designed for us. Not on a... I'm giving you kind of more dramatic things just to, just to kind of reveal it, but I'm talking about the normal everyday experience that we can come from wherever and just come into that place where we touch God and his presence comes upon us and his healing power and his power that sets us free and causes our minds to be clear. Time just to wait before him. A time to enjoy his presence. A time I can only remember this happening once. 
were sitting in an ordinary living room. Such was the power of God. Such was the reality of his presence. I feared stretching out because I thought I might actually touch him in a physical way. You say, that's crazy. Yep, to the logical mind it is. To the rational mind it is crazy. But I tell you what, to me it's utterly real. Because it was something that I experienced. Something that God wants us to experience. I know you get a bit frustrated with me singing my songs. And I don't do it just to irritate you. It's not in my nature. (laughs) But these are often things that come. And it's nothing about the song itself. It's about what that represents. What that represents. The reality of that. It's, it's like a, a heart expression for somebody that has a limited um, musical repertoire. You know? I still think Chas and Dave is the best thing that ever happened. You know? And one that we used to sing, and I'm not going to sing it because I, you know, I'm intimidated. Well, I wonder if that's a word from the Lord, a confirming word. I've got to go on with her, you haven't. He touched me. And oh, the joy that filled my soul. Something, something happened. And now I know. He touched me and made me whole. And today, I don't want to ever just talk about things without us taking opportunity to engage in those things. There's another song. When Jesus comes, well, it's a longer song, but the tempter's power is broken. Now, it's a song. But these things came out of the reality of an expression. It it happened. It was real. And we want to dwell in reality. So let's have a little look at this this story. Um, And particularly this woman. Here's the day. Um, It starts off. The man gets healed. This is the guy that comes. Friends bring him. And uh, Jesus saw their faith. And the guy's healed. Then he has to deal with the critics about issues of doctrine and law. And then we come back and the, man, the man's healed once we've, he's had the debate. And the Bible tells us, this is the scene, all right? So there's been this dramatic healing. I mean, just think about it. He's, he's there talking and these guys bring their friend in laying on a blanket or something. I mean, even even in a a kind of um, steady, predictable English environment, there'd be a little bit of stirring, wouldn't there? I mean, you know, there'd be a buzz. 
And then, of course, he has to deal with the doctrine and with the law. The man gets healed. The crowd is in awe. And then, by the way, he calls Matthew one of his disciples who happens to be a tax collector, a despised person. Uh, this is all part of the day. goes past, oh, yes, you to come and follow me. And by the way, we'll start off by coming to your house to eat and uh, bring everybody else as well and a few other tax collectors and Pharisees. This is, this is all happening, right? Um, then he got to deal with the Pharisees and all their issues and questions. And then on top of it, uh, I don't know kind of what, what's going on. So he's dealing with their queries that we've just read. And then John's disciples are coming saying, you're eating, uh, you surely you should be fasting. He has to deal with that. And then the ruler of the synagogue. I mean, this is a key guy, an important guy comes and he says, my daughter just died. Now we're into high drama. We're into strong emotion at this point. Your daughter has, his daughter has just died. As this is actually happening, um, as he's speaking to this woman, uh, to, to the um, ruler of the synagogue about the daughter, in verse 20, this woman that had been hemorrhaging for 12 years snuck up behind him and sought to kind of secretly grab her healing. What an amazing situation. I can think of a heck of a lot of reasons built in those few verses for this woman not to do it. Uh, There was a a lot of... uh, good, reasonable positions not to do it. But somehow, something had happened. The Bible says, she said within herself, if I do this, I will be healed. Now, where did that come from? I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. And then... um, Sometimes you need to look at, at the different versions, uh, different uh, accounts. So the same story is accounted in, in Mark chapter 5. And uh, in Mark chapter 5, in the midst of all this, remember, he's just on his way. Had all these events that have gone on beforehand, and he's just on his way because the ruler of the synagogue's daughter had died, and he's coming asking for help. turns around he said uh, who touched me who touched me the disciples say <laughs> what do you mean who touched you I mean there's people pushing and shoving from every direction you're in the midst of a crowd everything's been happening I mean I, no who touched me who specifically who stood out not because they were, they were jostled, and not because they were close, but who specifically reached out? Who reached out with purpose? Who reached out saying in their heart, if I touch him, even if I touch the very bottom of his cloak, I will be healed. So who did that? Now, this woman, she's in fear and trembling. Uh, because she's not sure if she's going to get told off or kind of what the situation is. She's trying to do this secretly. She doesn't want to make a fuss. She doesn't want anybody to see. She just wants to snuck up and 
So she then is in great fear. And again, she does something which is a great lesson to us. What do you do when you're in fear? She casts herself before him and she tells him the truth. What a way, what a lesson to deal with fear. Lord, I'm coming before you. I am in fear. I am trembling. I am troubled. This is the truth. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm being honest and real before you. Great lesson there about what to do with fears. Always remember that the enemy wants us to keep them hidden, keep them secret, says things to us, well, you don't want to let anybody know what you're struggling with. But we destroy that secrecy element, that tactic of the enemy, when we expose that. He fell at his feet and told the truth. Of course, she touches Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, a representation, not a prophet operating with some gift, but somebody who at that point in time in the power of the Holy Spirit had that inherited grace and virtue touching God himself. Uh, perfectly well. In an instant, in an instant, made perfectly well. Completely healed. You see, let's just follow that through. By faith, we say, so it is. So we've heard this. We've been learning this again recently about the whole prophetic nature of testimony. We hear what God's doing. We receive, wow, this is God. So it is. And then that prophetic element, me too. Do it again, Lord. That sense of something that we actually can Embrace. See, it's not just physically touching. It's that, that readiness to say, me too, or do it again, Lord. I receive that this is God. I see that this is the power of God. I see what God can do. I see God. And I just desire now to reach out, touch, and receive that. Do it again, Lord. And what is God's response? God says, so be it. It shall be to you. Let's just run through just some of the reasons for kind of holding back. Reasonable positions. For that, that reaching out, Lord, I need to desire to receive from you. 
Look at the day he's had. I mean, look how busy. And, and everything's happening. You know, I feel a bit embarrassed about this condition that I've got. I'd rather not, I'd rather not expose that. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit embarrassing. Oh, I don't like to trouble him. He's got so much on. Well, 12 years, I've been going to physicians, and it's not helped. Why should anything change now? What will people say? They see me, if they see me, and he's on his way to the ruler of the synagogue whose daughter's just died and he's dealing with all the Matthews and the Pharisees and people bringing their friends. And What will they say about me <coughs> barging in? And I mean, what? It's the ruler of the synagogue. On the other hand, She tried everything else. She said, I, I don't have any more plan B or C or D. This is, this is that place I must come to. And as he went, this is what he did. Healed her. That's a good thing to do. Always, always in that place of readiness to receive that prompting or receive that opportunity. Last week, Amanda talked to us about uh, hope. And uh, I suppose this woman is a great example of it. She's weak. She's worn down. But there's still some flicker of hope. God in his mercy picks up on that. I like something Amanda said last week. She said, uh, uh, hope imagines what it could be like. Imagines the change. Imagines what could happen. That's a good thing to do. Much better to, to be focused on what God can do than all the circumstances that work against it. I think we should do that. I, I want to talk to you some more about being led by the Spirit of God. I think today is about doing the thing that we're talking about, about touching God. So how are we going to do that? Can we just pick up from the things that we've just looked at? Reason being, the scripture is there for our present, now, current instruction. Can we just take a minute? Let's think about touching God. Now, it may be for a particular need. 
It may not be for a particular need. It may just be because you'd love to be enveloped again with the refreshing of God, the Holy Spirit, that, that lifts, invigorates, transforms. There is nothing, nothing in this universe that compares with experiencing and tasting the presence of God. It's indescribable. I can't describe it to you. It has to be something that is experienced. But that's what God's got for us. You're not bringing us here to kind of dangle a possibility in front of us and then as we go to touch it or reach it, snatch it away. That's not the nature of God. So, whether it's just to know the refreshing of his presence, or whether it's to meet him in a particular need, I wonder if any of those things that we've looked at of reasons why not have leapt into your mind. If they have, here's the opportunity to say, hmm, good reason, but I'm choosing to ignore it. Good excuse, but I'm choosing not to use it. I want, at this time, to touch God. I want, at this time, to receive the touch of God. You know, when we touch God, it's not like Richard sitting here now. He doesn't, God doesn't stay there with a, a passivity. When we touch God, he touches us. And there's that amazing Holy Ghost connection as we receive the power of his Holy Spirit. Yeah, lots of things going on, lots of things happening. But here's somebody who was jolly glad that they reached out and touched him. He touched me. Oh, the joy. Many of you know what I mean. You say, we just come into the presence of God. Not even necessarily a meeting. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I can't describe it. You have to experience it. But we're saying, this is, this is not some kind of out-of-body experience. It's not some kind of seance. This is about meeting with Almighty God. This is about what God will do. That God will touch us and refresh us. Maybe speak a word to us. Maybe give us some particular direction, instruction. Maybe just cause us to be enveloped with his love. Maybe to get revelation. Maybe to bring peace into us. Uh, when we're troubled in some need or some area and you just can't get it out of your mind and then just the peace of God comes. The Bible says peace of God completely passes understanding. It's not logical, it's not rational. It's about being utterly calm in a storm. It was some days ago. I don't know whether it was this week or last week. I woke up in the night very, very strongly, very clearly, 
with this, with this story, with this scripture about touching God, experiencing the touch of God. You up for it? Hmm? What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Let's pray. I got anything else can wait. I think we'll just stick with this now. Oh, yes. When I feel the touch of God upon my life, it causes me, it causes me to sing, I love you, Lord. It's not about what we can drum up. It's not about what we can imagine. This is about what God does. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In such a time as this, we expect that God will speak. Maybe there'll be words of knowledge. Maybe God's direction to specific things. Maybe just a moment to, to open our hearts to him before we go and say or do anything else. Just to, just to be quiet before him. To receive what he has for us. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be his name. When I feel his touch, Holy Spirit of God, we invite you to have your way amongst us. Will you come in healing power? Will you come in power that sets free? Will you come, Lord, in the very joy of your presence? Will you grace us, Lord, to just turn aside from everything else and just reach out, just like the woman did, recognizing it's not about effort, it's about willingness. Merely touched his garment, made completely whole. Come have your way amongst us, Lord.